And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Today's Pentecost Sunday, as many of you are aware, amen, but instead of preaching from Acts chapter 2, which is the usual chapter that's preached on that day, Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I don't want to talk about that today. Amen. I don't want to talk about they today. I want to talk about us. Amen. They received the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago. I want to talk about how the Holy Spirit should benefit us today. Amen. Benefit us today. Praise the Lord. I hate to say that way, but one of the most powerful spiritual resources we have is the Holy Spirit. Amen? I hate to say he is a resource, but brothers and sisters, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Amen? We have help. We have help. Amen? We have help. I'm not going to get into the history of Pentecost. Amen? The Lord has given me a different route I want to share with you this morning. Amen. I want to explore some of the reasons, and I say explore, so work with me, amen. I want to explore some of the reasons why the Holy Ghost is so dormant in our lives. Amen. Let me say that again. I want to explore some of the reasons why the Holy Ghost is so dormant in our life. Brothers and sisters, do you know this is the same Holy Spirit Jesus depended on to do what he did on earth? As a man, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. That's Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God did what? Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with? How many of you would agree that we need to be anointed to live this life? Let me say that again. You need to be anointed what? To live this life. Can I push it further? How many of you know that you need to be anointed to live with certain people? <laughs> Lord have mercy. I don't want to push it further, but I think you got my message. You've got to be anointed. My mother used to say, not even anointed, anointed. <laughs> you need, we need help, Amen. And so Jesus depended on the Holy Ghost. And so brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, what's the problem? Why are we not depending on the Holy Spirit? Why are we taking things in our own hands? Why are we hurting ourselves that way? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 1 John chapter 2, I don't have it here, but 1 John chapter 2 verse 20 says, You have an anointing, but the unction that you have received from the Holy, from, do you, uh, let's go to 1 John 2 20. Let me just, I want you to see the text for yourself, amen? It says, but you have an unction. The, unction, the word unction here means what? Anointing. Who has the anointing? No, no, this should be, I should hear a resounding, I do. Who has an unction from the Holy One? Yes, the devil has to hear you say that. I'm not sure if you are aware since, but the devil is now all out. He's everywhere. 
I said that too fast. The devil is now all out. He's everywhere trying to squeeze Christians. Amen. Trying to put us back into the closet. Trying to take our voices. But we have the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters. We need to come out. We need to affirm that we walk in the power of God. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And with what? Power. That's what he brings to our lives. What he brings? Power. So what is the problem? Why isn't there a more manifestation of power by Christians? Let me say that slow. Why isn't there more manifestation of power by us? Think about it. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we have to stop talking and just manifest power. Right? Sometimes the real Christian just have to stand up and show some power. Paul put it that way in 1 Corinthians 4.20. Paul said, for the kingdom of God is not in words. Too much talk. The kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. Oh, glory. You got it? You got it? Uh, 1 Corinthians 4. I think it's 420. The kingdom of God is not in words. Power. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, you need to demonstrate some power. Thank you. I agree. All the time. Just stop talking. Lay hands and talk. Say something. God, I give you praise. After all, he came 2,000 years ago like a mighty rushing wind. Meaning he was in a hurry. He couldn't wait to come live in us. So what is the problem? What is the problem? Why does it seem like he's so dormant in our lives? After all, two days Pentecost Sunday... Oh God, we give you praise. We give you glory. So Jesus and us was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And notice, there is a reason why he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. The verse continues. Who went about Acts 10.38 is our text. He when about because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And when we say anointed, we means that uh, uh, he received a spiritual endowment. Can you say spiritual endowment? A spiritual endowment. He got something of divine proportion from God. Some power. Amen. So. We are told here, notice the colon is going to elaborate. Who went about doing what? Yes, that's what you do when you have the Holy Ghost. Or that's what when you do, can I say it another way? When the Holy Ghost have you. <laughs> but it's one thing to have the Holy Ghost. It's another for the Holy Ghost to have you. What is the problem? I'm here to tell you the problem is the Holy Ghost doesn't have us. Well, well, why the sad face? <laughs> Let me share this with you since. There was once 
my Christian life was my Christian life was pathetic. I mean, just can I be honest with you? Just sorry. And I found out later from speaking for a series of men of God is I did not depend on the Holy Spirit. Amen. I took things in my own hand. But specifically what I found out as I went from one minister to the other, he said, Emmanuel, the Holy Spirit cannot do anything in your life until you have the word of God in you. He said, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring up, bring to remembrance what you have put in. And so they began asking me, have you put anything in? Because it seems to me you are trying to get something out. You've not put in. And so they conclude, no wonder he's so dormant in your life. No wonder, amen, it appears that he's just asleep in you. That's what they said to me. Mm -hmm. They said it's because you haven't made a deposit. <laughs> and you're trying to get something out. They said, no wonder you look so frustrated. <laughs> amen. The Bible says that, I'll give you the text in a while, the word of God is like a hammer. It breaks up the fallow ground. You have the word of God is like a hammer. A hammer in whose hand? In the hand of the Holy Ghost. Through your mouth. In, in whose hand? Yeah, in yes, yeah, in the hand of the Holy through your mouth. Well, well, let well let me get let me let, let me get to the point, brothers and sisters. Let's get to the point. So we are told that in Acts chapter we are 10 verse 38. Let's finish with that text so we can move forward. I suspect we wouldn't have time to finish everything, but we'll continue next Sunday. Amen. But suffice it to say, he went about doing good and do and what? Healing all that were oppressed of whom? Oppression and depression is of the devil. Let me say it again. Oppression and depression is of the devil. Can I push it further? No pill can take you out of oppression and depression. Saints, listen, hear me, hear me. We are in the last days. 2023. And we have to be honest with people. Let me say it again. We have to be what? No pill can take you out of oppression and depression. It will help you cope. So somebody can get rich. But it will not provide total deliverance. You see, sometimes, you see, these messages are not popular. You know, and when you preach like that, sometimes people think that you are against humanity. No, I am for humanity. I'm just tired of we being fooled by people. Oppression and depression is not, it's not something that's material. Are you getting me? It is spiritual. It's intangible. So you cannot take something that's tangible to fix something that's intangible. For the last month or two, last month or two, I've been helping, speaking to brothers and sisters, encouraging, amen. And I, I, I drop out of Facebook because I'm finishing up a book. I started and one of my mentors said to me, Emmanuel, why don't you stop Facebook and put some of the materials that you're talking about in a book. But I'm coming back. And when I'm coming back, I'm coming back like a loaded gun. Excuse that word. I didn't even use that word. Amen. 
But brothers and sisters, I want to encourage the saints. Amen? This is a powerful platform we can use to encourage one another. I'm hearing too many, too many erroneous stuff going on out there. Erroneous teaching, distracting. Are you with me, saints? No, everybody has a voice that is most of the times incorrect. That's not biblically sound. This is final authority. And anything that's not in here is not my authority. And that's what we have to get in these last days. Adamant. If it's not in here, I don't care. This is what's going to last forever. Jesus said, my words. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. I think it's Matthew 12, 47 or 37. Is it, I think it's somewhere around here. Uh, glory be to Jesus. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. Well, maybe it's not. Anyway, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> but my words shall what? Never pass away. Maybe it's Mark, not Matthew, but one of them. That's what the Bible says. Why wouldn't you put something that doesn't pass away, that's imperishable, that's incorruptible in you? That's what's going to last. That's what's going to outlast the devil. Heaven and earth, thank you, Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, and people think, most times it's God speaking. Emmanuel. God has already spoken. Here it is in my hands. And what he does is give revelation on the spoken word. Well, maybe I'm shouting too much. Let me cool down. Heaven and earth shall what? Pass away. What shall not pass away? It, 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 will, it will outlast the devil. The devil will get the running. Mm. Mm-hmm. You see the devil, and somebody told me, so I'm not sure who said that to me. Um, I'm trying to give them credit. But the person said to me, Pastor, do you know that the reason why the devil harasses us so much is because he's from heaven. He knows how good it is up there. So he doesn't want us to find out. That was some good insight. He said the devil, he said the devil, no, God is a good God. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the devil knows that God, God's word will always come through. That is not a man that he should like. He's trying to get us to doubt God. That's what he's trying to do. So we can lose faith in God. So we can give God a bad name. Let me tell you brothers and sisters. Look at the man in the mirror. I think that's where the problem is. The problem is not God. It has never been God. It has never been Jesus. It has never been the Holy Spirit. It's always been you and I. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Is God with you? Is God with me? Yes. So let's try to do the very same thing. Let's go about doing good. Amen. And delivering people who are oppressed. Since you don't have to be a, what they call a spiritual giant. Amen. You don't have to know a hundred scripture verses. To lay hands and in the name of Jesus. What you need is confidence in God. Not in yourself. Confidence in God. 
confidence in God. And I think that's what we lack. Confidence in God because we are not in touch with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, let me move forward here. Let me move forward. Today's Pentecost Sunday. I just want to spend some time talking about it. Amen. Give me 10 more minutes. It is, this is the same Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost I'm talking about who helped Jesus. It's the same Holy Ghost who created the world. That's what we have in us. Have you ever sit back and meditate on what the Holy Ghost has done? Who's in you? This is, it will blow your mind. You, 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 that is, he is in me. He did this. He is in me. Let me show you what he did. Let me show you what he did. Let me show you what he did. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. The same Holy Ghost who created the universe is the same Holy Ghost who came upon Samson. You remember Samson? Lord Jesus. And turned him into another man. My question is, what is the problem? Why does it seem that he's so dormant in our lives? Hmm? Oh, bless God. Let me, let, me, let me move a little further. Can you go to Genesis chapter 2? Genesis chapter 2, quickly. I have to skip something quickly. Mm. You got it? Genesis chapter 2. Let's read verse 2 and 3. This is the same Holy Spirit who helped Jesus, anointed Jesus. Amen? God anointed Jesus. The same Holy Ghost whom the Bible says you and I have. We have an unction from the Holy One. Amen? That's what the, we all agree. That's what the Bible says. Let's see what he did. Is it Genesis chapter 2? Um, my apologies, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. For some reason, twos look like one for me today, man. And the earth was without form and void. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And here it comes. And the Holy Ghost. His other name is the Spirit of God. Can you say the Holy Ghost? Let's see what it did. The Holy Ghost moved upon what? The word moved means to flutter. Hovering. He's just hovering. And there's a reason why he's hovering. Because he's a gentleman. There's a reason why he's just fluttering. And that's where he is on your situation. He's just fluttering. Waiting for something to happen before he moves. Because he's a gentleman. He's not just going to kick down the door and come in. That's what humans do. People from heaven don't do that. <laughs> Not, notice, let's see what he's waiting for. Uh-huh. So hovering upon the face of the water. Notice the, the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. Water was everywhere. It was dark everywhere. There was no light. Amen. There was no sun. Amen. Let's see what the Bible says. Can you go to verse 3? And what? And God said, let there be what? I have a point for you. Until you say what God said, the Holy Ghost is not moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until you say what you, you can, you now you can bring in your opinions and your ideas, but until you say what God says, which is the word of God, the Holy Ghost is not moving. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1.12, God has one responsibility and that is to look over his word to ensure it comes to pass. Not over your word, not over my word, over his word. He has one responsibility. 
and that is to look over his word to ensure it comes to pass. To show that he's not a liar. He's not a man. Numbers 23, 19. God, if God says it, he will do it. In my life, in your life, in our life. So the problem is not God. It is not the Holy Ghost. The problem is us. The problem is what? Us. The problem is me. The problem is you. And so the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And as soon as God said, the Holy Ghost just went. He started creating the sun. Mm? And all the darkness. Amen. And the void. Now I know some of you have learned. Amen. In school, the sun just appeared. I have a Greek word for that. Baloney. Everything has a creator. <laughs> this pulpit has a creator. This building has a creator. It didn't just appear. Sense, common sense. You don't have to do any type of research. Common sense will tell you that everything has a creator. And not because God is silent. It means that, is, that, the, the, that the, the world was not created by God. When you're in charge and you are large, that's what you do. Let's say that again. When you are large and in charge, that's what you do. You, you don't have to talk and defend yourself because the world is coming to him. And when they come to him, the Bible says, every knee has to bow. Every professor, every so-called doctor, uh-huh, who comes against creation and push the theory of evolution has to bow on their knees. And give an account for everybody they've misled. I'm here to tell you, if your life seems to be void, if there is darkness still in your life, just say what God said. <laughs> if your life seems to be going nowhere, and you know, man, I got a lot of potential. You see, the earth had a lot of potential to be a beautiful place. But the Bible said it was void. Amen? Because God had not yet spoken. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Mr. Grover, God had not yet spoken. And so sometimes the reason why our lives are the way it is, is because we haven't said what God said. We are still tubes in. We're still out there trying to defend ourselves from people. Amen? Still trying to Retain a reputation. <laughs> Amen. And in the process, miss out fellowship with God. That's, that's what scripture says. That the God said, and brothers and sisters, I want to share with you. You and I, you and I, we have to start saying what God's word says. Let, 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 let me give you a scripture that has revolutionized my life. Because... Let me say it slowly. Let me give you a scripture that revolutionized my life. Because a long time ago, a long time ago, I was looking for a harvest. There was no harvest. I was frustrated. Mm -hmm. Looking for a harvest. Mm -hmm. Everybody know what I'm talking about. And forgot that some things have to happen before I experience a harvest. Genesis, and so I began, that's why, that's why I am so high and so big, 
on reading the Bible. That, that, because the Bible has delivered me. Saved my life. And I just cannot see why Christians wouldn't. I just, I can't, I don't understand. We are still trying to make it on our own. Instead of resting in God. And agreeing with God. I was reading the Bible. I came across Genesis 8.22. It says until the earth remains. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. What it says. While the earth remain. The earth remaineth there means endures. Is the earth still enduring? Is, right. While the earth still endures. God said there are going to be four experiences, occurrences, or what I call phenomena. Amen? That's going to happen. These are laws instituted no man can change. The first law is seed, time, and harvest. Now here am I. So there are four processes. Let's go through them before I explain. The first process is seed, time, and harvest. Oh, we love a harvest. But like me, we forgot what? Seed time. Oh, give me, give me, give me, give me, because my name is Jimmy. No, 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 no. Dick, tell Mr. Jimmy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Amen? Oh, we're looking for a harvest. And that's why we get so frustrated because we haven't taken the first part into consideration. <laughs> and so the Bible says now, not only there's going to be seed time and harvest, but there's going to be cold and heat. Is cold and heat still going on? Yes, yes. It was cold this morning. This afternoon is going to be hot. Is the summer and winter still around? Okay. Is day and night still around? The Bible says these four processes, they are not going to cease. And all of a sudden, my lightning fast mind said, oh my God, I haven't sowed. And I'm not talking about money. No, I'm not talking about money. I'll talk about it later. But I'm not talking about money. Living your life is a series of sowing seeds. The decisions you make, they're going to affect you in the future. The decisions you make now, in the future, you're going to be laughing. Or you're going to be crying. The decisions you make now will either reap joy in the future or sorrow. You see, here was I, Eric, looking for a harvest. And when I read this, the Holy Spirit said to me, here's your problem. Who said that to me? The Holy Spirit. He said, here's your problem, son. You're looking for a harvest. You're trying to get something quick. You see on TV and you're trying to send two, three dollars and trying to get something quick. Are you, you know what I'm saying? What I was looking for the most, the most I was looking for, would is peace. Peace. I just wanted peace. Can somebody say peace? And there am I saying, why am I not having any peace? I, I began reading again. I came across Isaiah 26.3. You, you want to see Isaiah 26.3? I'm almost done. Isaiah 26.3. I'm, I'm trying to show you why the Holy Spirit is not working. Because there is no word. There have not been seed time. Nothing was put in. So I began. It says, thou will keep him. When I saw perfect peace, I back up. I got up from my Bible and I walk away. I said, that is what I've been looking for. So before I read it, let me get a glass of water because I don't want to be cloudy while I read it. So I got away, walked to the refrigerator, got myself a glass of lemonade. 
And I came back. It says God will keep Emmanuel. Not just peace. But perfect peace. Oh, oh that's the harvest I'm looking for. But let's look at seed time. What do you got to do to get perfect peace? Oh, oh. And the Holy Ghost said, that's your problem. Your mind is not stained on me. Your mind is not full of my word. That's what started my scripture memorization process. He said, when your mind is full of my word, you'll experience peace like a river. And brother, I'm beginning to taste peace. I haven't arrived, but I've left. And what I've experienced so far, it's good. It's what? Good. I'm getting to the point where, you remember Jesus said, Jesus said, he said, the evil one cometh, but there's nothing in me he can use to tempt me. Because I'm so full of the word of God. You see, if your mind hasn't gone there, your body cannot go. We need to, God said, you need to change the story that's running in your head. Because you are where you are because of the story that's running in your head. What do I mean by the story? Some of you looking at me. What story? Is there a storybook somewhere? No, I'm talking about the thoughts. You entertain. The way you think. There is something running in there from experiences. From good or past experiences. From good or bad experiences. And it's driving your behavior. That is why we cannot change. In 2022... Googled most the phrases can I change? Folks are crying out there and in the church too. Can I change? Simple. Put it in, it comes out. Or else you'll be. I have met some Christians, they're trying to white knuckle. You know what I'm talking about? Try not to sin. Try on their own, in their own strength. Try. I don't want to do it. Their mouth said, I don't want to do it, but their body's going. To do it because that's what's in their mind what's that's what's in their mind that's why the bible says numbers uh 12 romans 12 1 to renew your mind that's what you got to do renew the mind and so the holy ghost will come in there the bible says the word of god is like a hammer these old thoughts the bible called them strongholds you know what's a stronghold so stronghold is all the thoughts of a long time ago Thoughts that you've reinforced by listening to people like Aaron Kelly and Al Green. <laughs> They're just up there. They cannot leave. Or just, you know, I, I grew up, I, and I, fortunately I didn't, but there's some people who just love cursing. Because they grew up among people who curse all the time. And they just cannot help themselves. I've had people tell, Pastor, I'm so sorry, it just comes out. Because that's what's there. There is nothing else in there. I said you don't have to come out. You can change it. And so that's what I'm saying brothers and sisters. I know today I wanted to show you and I have much more to share with you but I have to stop. When you put God's word in your mind the Holy Ghost comes in. Now he has something to work with. And he begins to rewire your mind. He's taking, he takes away the old thoughts. And that stronghold he takes a hammer 
and start to break it down. You don't feel a thing. All you have to do is show up and read. That is all you got. That is all. All you got to do is show up and do one proverb. Five psalm. And you are right with the Holy Ghost. One proverb and five. You're one. One proverb. Five. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, I no longer want to do that. Why? It's called effortless change. You would have to do it on your own. That's why. Case in point. Five years ago, right in the office here, a young man came to me. He said, Pastor, I've been married for such and such years. And he said, I just cannot stop cheating on my wife. And as soon as he said that, I began speaking in tongues. I said, God, I need a word for this man. He said, I've been to so many people. But I, I, he, they said to me, you may have something different. I said, all I got, bro, is God's word. I got no, nothing mapped out. Are you with me? I got no type of assessment. Praise the Lord. All I, so while I was speaking, the Holy Ghost took me to Psalms 119, verse 9 and 11. Let's go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119, verse 9. The Holy, who did it? The Holy Ghost. Psalms 119, verse 9 says, Wherewith shall a young man, and he's a young what? A young man cleanse his ways. And the answer is, by taking heed thereto according to your word. I say, bro, that's where you start. That's where you start. I gave him, what, what did I give him? One proverb. I've said. He said, that's all. I said, I got one more. Let's jump to verse 11. Verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin. <laughs> oh, can somebody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's good counsel right there. Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, God says, my counsel will always stand. And I shall have all my pleasure. So he said, Pass, I say, you memorize these two scripture verses and you do your one proverb, five psalm. I saw him two years after. One of the happiest men I've ever seen. Pastor, man, I, thank you so much. Everything is fine. My family, now we got five kids and I'm so happy in the Lord. What happened from two years before? He had not seeded. No seed time, no harvest. And you know, I've been saying, this, I think that's my calling. To tell the world, now it's time to devour his word. And you know, some people won't get it until I say it a thousand times. But I have no desire to stop. They won't get it until I say it a thousand times. I know they won't. I know, I know that. I know because I, I know. You know why I know, mother? Last week, I asked somebody, have you been, I've been saying it for two years, they haven't started. I said, no problem. I have no desire to stop. I'll be saying it all my life. You see, I used to pray, 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 pray. Nothing happened. When I understood Jeremiah 1, 12, God said, I hasten over my word to perform it. I said, oh my God. So all my prayer, walking around saying, God, do it, God, do it. God, do it, God, make it work, make it work. That's not prayer. Oh my God. Lord, can you make a way, make a that's not prayer. I didn't understand that dickiness. God said, only my word. I have a responsibility to. 
And when I made that switch, now when I lose the word of God, I see change. What happened? What happened? Praying my own ideas would. My own opinions. Walking around talking. Mm, my own thing. Like many of us are doing. But when you take God's word and you humble yourself and you start Psalms 1 verse 1 Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and you begin to walk and pray that Holy, oh 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 we, we have something happening something something is cooking down there That's, I'm used to hearing that the Holy Ghost saying I'm you I can walk with that well oh hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I should be saying hallelujah, not hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's when, but you see what Peter, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached all of Psalms one, all of Psalm 16. Go look at it. He preached Psalm 16 verbatim. How did Peter know that? He memorized it. You, you think the Holy Ghost just flew in his mind. That's what, that's what it, it came from heaven floating. No, no. <laughs> Peter memorized Psalms 1. That's why he was such a powerful preacher. And the Holy Ghost, take this right here. And so when Peter came, amen, to the get beautiful, Peter and John, when he spent his time, because they used to go pray in the temple every day, at 9, at 12, at 3, at 6. Every day. He wasn't ready until he was ready. When he came out, the blind man was, the, the, the lame man, lame from his mother's womb, was sitting there for years. And Peter has been going back and forth praying. But one day, when he had seeded, can somebody say seed time? He had spent the time and memorized the scripture. The Bible says Peter and James came out of the, of, of the temple and they looked at him and said, Look upon me. <laughs> Because I've got something. I've spent time with the Lord. I took time memorizing his word. You look at me. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have to give. Peter didn't say the Lord. No, he said, I've got something for humanity. That's what he said. I've got something for humanity. Because I've spent my time with God. I plugged in my hours. Look at the log. My hours are in there. He said, silver and gold have I known. But I got something better. <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up! And walk. And the Bible says, Peter stretched his hands. Took him by the hands. And he jumped up. The power of God hit his feet. He jumped up. And began to worship God. What happened? Hence, what happened? Peter took time. See the time and harvest. I've met a lot of people for the past month looking for a harvest. They've not seeded. And they're still not. They have no intentions to. I, I know. Some of you are just not interested. Some of you are just not interested. The, the other things are more important to you. And I understand that. But I got no desire to stop telling the world what changed my life. And the peace I experienced. The confidence I experienced in God, not me. 
I got nothing. But brother, I've got a God who's not a man that he should lie. I've got a man. And that is why the Holy Ghost is dormant in our lives. Because there is no word in our lives. I told one person who called me. I said, can I sit with you? We sat for five minutes. And I gave her my story. And she said, Pastor, that's how you are. I said, yes. She said, what happened to you now? And I take the Bible. And I said this. One day at a time. One day at a time. I became intentional. You see, many of us, we haven't hit rock bottom. I think you need to hit rock bottom. Yeah, you need to reach a, a place of helplessness. When you reach a place where man cannot help you. When you reach a place where no doctor can help you. Nobody can bail you out. Maybe then you'll take God serious. But until then you got money in the bank. And your health is okay. You got friends. And you belong to all type of organizations. Good luck. Because I got something for you. The devil is coming. And your associations. And your bank account. And your health cannot stop him. James 4 tells us what stops him. James 4 said, sanctify yourself. You got to see James 4 and I'm going to stop it right here. James chapter 4 verse 7. It says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. But, but what you first have to do? <laughs> Log in your time. Read the word. Memorize the word. Put in the time to pray. Brothers and sisters, when I was growing up, from 18 years to 35 years, I was in church every day praying. I'm not asking you to do that. But my God, you can do twice a week. You can drive up to the house of God. And say, Pastor, I need a key. I'll put it beneath the mat. Or get a builder's lockbox and put it there for you. And come and fight. The Bible calls praying, fighting. Agonizomai. Agonizomai. You start, you open that Bible and you begin to read that Bible and pray. One of the very first things I do was show Emmanuel how to pray the word of God. Yeah, pray because I know I wouldn't be there every time. I can do so much. I can do so much. I showed him, he opened the Bible and I said, no, that's not what you do. This is what you do. These are the keywords you elaborate on. So he talked to God. Amen? Yeah. Yes, he's going to college and I need him to know. This is what you pray. You open the Bible and you read it. You, you pray it because the Bible says that your father in heaven knows what you need. So why beg him? What you need to know to do is make him large. That's all you got to do. What you got to do now? Make him large. And you do it by praying the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalms 23. I shall not. Yeah, though I walk through the valley. Lord, I may be in the valley today. But because you are my Lord, I'm coming out. Now that's how you pray the word of God. Oh God, I give you praise. Father, we give you praise. If you're looking today. 
I know I had 15 pages, but we'll finish it off. Amen. As the month go by. If you're looking to the brothers and sisters, if, I'm sorry about the screaming. I'm so sorry about that. But I feel the presence of God. I'm, I'm preaching from experience. I'm, I'm not preaching where places I've not been. I'm not talking about change I've not experienced. I know what it does for a man. My marriage was rocky for the first two years. Talk about rocky Balboa. So rocky. And it's because I had no, I was trying to live it in my own strength, Jan. Elder, in my own strength. No word listening to my boys. And a preacher said to me, you will lose your marriage if you don't submit to God's word. I said, please show me. I'm married 25 years today, not because of me. My marriage was about to tank. But I got a hold of God's word. And a peace came over. What would I give you? A satisfaction. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.